This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Miss Deandra Simmons. Hi, David. How are you today? What's going on with you? Oh, well, just busy, busy day around here. <laughs> You've already seen that my office looks like <laughs> looks like I'm having some serious issues. I, I may have started a medical equipment supply. <laughs> in my office. People can come here when I'm finished with all my equipment if they want to use some of mine. <laughs> well, as we've seen, you've already made a comment this season on RHOD, how I forgot, was it Tiffany's house? It's just so immaculate. And you just said yours is not that way. That's not, I mean, I have an immaculate mind, David, but the house does not reflect that. <laughs> you've got a lot going on, Deandra. Yes, I do. I do. Well, listen, you know, I normally start by asking people how they are, but in your case, you know, how are you? Like, I actually had COVID too, believe it or not, in October. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm glad you're doing well because you're feeling better, right? Obviously, we're doing this interview. I, I had it in October. I had a, I mean, I didn't even tell anyone. Like, I told someone the other day and they're like, I speak to you every day. You didn't tell me this. I worked through most of it. I mean, listen, I didn't have it bad. I just was physically exhausted for like 23 hours a day and would sleep for 23 hours and wake up for 20 minutes and somehow I worked through it but I mean so I'm okay but how are you? That's my situation is now I've gotten through the difficult of you know being hospitalized and not being able to breathe and which was the very serious part the temperature which was kind of out of control and now I'm in the process of the fatigue so I'll be, I'll have a really good day and then I'll just be exhausted you know and I can sleep 12 hours during the time that Margaret Josephs and I were in contact um, with each other and we were talking and she was asking me how I was doing what was happening we're texting back and forth and she had COVID and I had COVID and we were kind of like you know asking each other questions about how we were doing and then uh, it was very nice to have so many housewives that reached out to me Meredith Mark sent me a beautiful robe from her collection Bronwyn sent me flowers. Um, just so many people just, you know, how are you? We're, we're concerned about you. And I just thought that was such a sweet thing from the Housewives community. Bravo sent me flowers. And it was just so nice to have, um, you know, just to know that people cared. I had over a thousand text messages, which I was so in shock that people were concerned. And I know you sent me a message too. So it just warmed my heart that, you know, people really cared. And I just, I was in tears when I came home thinking, oh my God, I just can't believe People are so concerned and it just, it, I'm so grateful, David, that I'm home and that I'm through this and that I'm a survivor because I was very sick for a while. I was going to say, please include me in that. I sent you a very you genuine did. text. You sent me a message. I, I know. You a message. I didn't forget you, baby. I know. Um, were you shocked to hear from anyone in particular, like in the Housewives community, almost like, oh my God, I've never spoken to this person before, but here they are like showing concern. I was shocked. Well, honestly, like I said, um, Meredith sent me a beautiful robe and we talk obviously on social, but I've never spoken to her on the phone. So I was kind of like, wow, that's very nice that this new girl from Salt Lake City 
um, you know, sent me that. And I, so I just actually was yesterday, I wrote 10 thank you notes. So I wrote them all the thank you notes, the, the girls. And I said, here's a little, a little sussy for me. I sent them some skincare and um, said, thank you for caring about me. Cause I mean, they're going through a lot too right now because their shows are on. And so just the fact that they took the time to care about me is just amazing. Well, I mean, you made like national headlines. Like it was scary. That's I was not like, how I wanted to make it. <laughs> I know. It was good timing for our show release, right? <laughs> Listen, I was just sitting there being like, I know Deandra's really sick, but when this is over, the is she going to be like, Can I tell you, David, the people yeah. that were like, oh, she planned this. I'm like, yeah, so a hospital admits somebody that's not really sick because they really have the, you know, the room to do that. I'm like, no. <laughs> Once it goes to hospital, it's, it's real, you know? Mm-hmm. What about how is the rest of, you've been home, you've been cooking, you've been with Jeremy, how's the rest of your quarantine been going? Well, before the illness, it was cooking. And, you know, it was funny because I um, gained the, you know how you, um, you gain the, COVID, the quarantine 15 and then you lose the COVID 20. So I'm back to, almost back to my fighting weight. I'm excited. <laughs> we were cooking, as you know, we were talking during that time. We were cooking, I was coming up with new new recipes and you know, we were just like snuggling and nesting because it was our time to be at home together and my husband loves to, you know, eat my cooking, so we had so much fun. Well, you always tell me that, you know, I could judge by when you're filming based on like whether you put on weight or not. Are you secretly sad that we're not filming now, now that you're back to your fighting weight? No, it's it's oh yeah, definitely. It's so funny because I'm the opposite of what should happen. I plump up because I stress eat. And then as soon as the, the filming's over, I start getting really thin and people are like, hmm, what's happening? But I'm a stress eater. I mean, that's just, I've always been that way. And it's okay. You know, I just kind of go up and down. But now I'm back to where I'm health. I'm feeling healthy, except for the fact that I can't really exercise right now. What about Mama D? Like, was she like, I mean, she must have been so scared. She was very scared. And of course, the worst part is that when you get uh, admitted to a COVID ward, then your family can't visit you. So... Jeremy dropped me off and he was crying because they said you can't come up and it was like say your goodbye time because I had no idea because I was on oxygen at that point I was very lethargic and then my mother and I would talk every day because of course we don't want her anywhere near anyone with COVID because she'll be 80 February 22nd wow we did I kept in contact and what I tried to do in the hospital, because I had so many people reaching out, was to answer those messages at the time so it didn't, like, get log jammed for when I came home. And I just wanted to get people to know that I appreciated their care and concern. Are you guys back up and running with the I Don't Give a Rip podcast? We are. We're back up. I'm very excited. And um, Amy and I are having a ball. And, of course, we have our friend. I don't know if you met Lance before. Lance Bland. He's on from time to time. But uh, he's, a, he's so funny. And we're having a great time. So here we are. The new season is out and on. How's it, how's it going? How, what have people been saying to you? People are excited about this um, kind of more vulnerable side of me, softer side, that I'm exploring that, that I was willing to go there, that I actually, you know, reached out to my family, which is very difficult for me. It's something I had been thinking about for a long time. But then I've told this, this is so amazing. You never know, life just throws you curveballs. And what happened to me is the first week of filming, my text, my stepmother sent me a text message and said, your brother's had a baby. Well, we haven't spoken in years and years. The last time we spoke was about three years ago at a memorial service. And 
we never really followed up. So I was just in shock and I thought, you know what, if I'm going to do this, this is the time to do it because you're going to see my, you're going to see what keeps me up at night, my hurts, my sorrows, my, you know, struggles I've had for 16 years since my father did commit suicide and, and the pain that that left and the separation of the family. So I decided that was the most powerful thing happening in my life right now. And of course, during COVID and quarantine, you start really assessing your life choices and the decisions you've made because you're not so busy. You have time to be introspective. That's why I was uh, working with uh, my shaman, Darren, and he would be giving me homework and assignments that I was able to do because I had the time. So I'm excited for people to see that. Well, as I watch as a viewer, I'm like, the last time I saw you, I couldn't remember if it was in New York. I think it was when we were in Austin. We were out. We were kicking back our martinis, you and I. Yes. We were with Stephanie and Brandy. So now, this is the Deandra that I've hung out with and know and love. This shaman, man, I'm like, who is this Deandra? Isn't that amazing? And you won't believe when I was introduced to Darren because um, we had two vendors that came to our office because I was thinking about incorporating some CBD into some uh, Ultima Living products. And we started talking about the, their shaman. <laughs> And then they had said, well, I have a female and a male, and the female wasn't available. So they said, well, this, this male lives in Dallas. We'll go and introduce you to him. He opens the door, and he was my hair and makeup artist when I was a model on several shoots years ago, like 20 years ago. And then he's been going back and forth to Peru for 25 years. And I didn't know any of that because we weren't talking about that 20 years ago. So we had a personal connection, and it was somebody that I already had a trust for and a liking for and I think it's really important when you start revealing your, um, you know, your deepest, darkest fears that you have someone you can trust with that. And he was the right person for sure. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day. That causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who's a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues, anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much it has caused me some issues and BetterHelp really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their 
licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. I'm just like you and all, and all your crystals. Are you really into the crystal part of it too? Well, I've always been into my aromatherapy. I do have crystals. I have a lot of incense in my home. Um, it always smells, you know, kind of like, it always smells like, like a Hare Krishna temple around here. So, even though I'm a Christian, the Hare Krishna Krishna temple, Christian temple. You need to try the Spencer Pratt Pratt Daddy crystals. I'm going to hook you up okay, with that. I'm going I'm to write that down right now. Spencer Pratt Pratt Daddy crystals. Okay. That's, that is the way for you to go. What, what was it hard? Like, did you have a lot of reservations? You know, I mean, you know how this works, you know, you have, you're signing up to share your life. Was it hard for you to, you know, agree to go there and like talk more about like your father's suicide, which we're going to see like in the upcoming weeks. And what was hard, um, was, and this is what Darren had worked on with me is not being able to control an outcome. So when you start on doing something, I am a control freak like my mother. And that's been part of my problem. It's like I hold, I white knuckle everything through my life because I want to make sure I control it all and I know what's going to happen in the end. You can't do that with life. And the older I get, the more able I am, which is, which is kind of the inverse because most people are more like this as they get older. I'm letting go and just letting, you know, whatever happens happen as much as I can. Now you're going to see me fall on my face as you see me do before in real life. So <laughs> I mean, it's going to be times where I'm going to win. Sometimes I'm going to lose, but I think that's the beauty of this process. And I always tell people when they say, why would you do reality TV? I said, because guess what? I get to look back and see all the mistakes I made and how can I improve my life and what could I have done better? How can I be a better friend? How can I be a better wife? How can I be a better daughter? How can I be a better boss? I mean, all of that I'm seeing every year and I'm thinking, ugh, cringing, but then I get another chance to do it again, as long as this journey, as long as I'm on this journey. So that's why I do it. And I also have people that reach out to me and say, oh, I've been there with my mother. I've been there with my boss. I've been there with my husband. How do I handle this situation? Or I love the way you handled it. Or I thought you did a really bad job of it. That's good too. It's good to have the criticism. Are most people who reach out to you and want to get deep, you know, other than I love you, I love you, I love you. Is it mostly about like Mama D and like the mother-daughter relationship? It's a lot about mother-daughter relationship. It's a lot about entrepreneurship as a woman and a, being a boss and how to get, you know, how to start a business, how to get funding, how to do things like that. Also about my husband, everybody loves the relationship I have with my husband and how did I find my husband and, and, you know, how do we maintain that fire and that spark and that love for each other? And I always say that my husband and I, yes, we fell in love immediately. Of course, you know, the chemistry was there, but then the friendship in the, the real respect for each other has always been there. And I think that's important in, in having fun together. You have to find somebody that you marry that you enjoy being around all the time. And, and, you know, quarantine really tested that for some marriages and mm -hmm. for mine, we just had more fun and, and fell more in love with each other because we got to spend so much time together. What about like you mentioned looking back and you cringe? I mean, I get it. I mean, is what's, what's one or two things that stick out at the top of your mind where you look back at prior seasons and you're like, oh, like, or you would have handled something differently or something well, like that. The main thing is that when, you know, I, I'll give you a great example. Whenever the first time, I guess it was season two, when I got really upset with Leanne for disclosing my personal financial situation because I was trying to make my business, um, you know, go instead of having such a wild reaction to her, 
I probably should have said, just have sat her down and said, Leanne, I'm really disappointed that you would do that to me. I thought we had a closer friendship. And I just don't understand why you would have told Carrie, since you guys do not have a friendship, please explain that to me. Instead of just going, ah, why'd you do that? You know? And I think that would have been, that would have set my next two years after that um, on a different trajectory. So now people are having to kind of, they're looking back at that and now they're getting to know the other side of me, knowing that I should have done things a little bit differently and hopefully I will. But like I said, certain people trigger me and set me off and, you know, Carrie and I have some issues this year. You've already seen that happen. Um, and I just don't like when people poke and prod at me, it's eventually I explode. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Is Carrie kind of the main person that you have issues with this year? I have issues with most of the women this year, believe it or not, unfortunately. Um, but they're not major issues, but I think it, with Carrie, it's like a dripping faucet. So it goes on and on and on. And at some point I'm the type of person that has a strong personality and a strong temper. And that's one thing I regret. I wish people didn't think I was angry all the time and call me de anger and all that kind of stuff, because that's not, you know, me, that's not who I am. But when you push my buttons enough, or, you know, if you continue to poke at me or continue to like, you know, just chastise me and castigate me, I'm going to come back eventually. I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to let you just you know, roll over me. I'm not a floor, a doormat. I mean, <laughs> no, you're not. Is that the biggest you think, is that what you hear? Like, is that the biggest misconception of you? Is that you're always and angry? Says, Everybody thinks you're so severe. I'm like, well, hmm, I wonder where that, I got that from. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what about, I mean, do you go down that rabbit hole? I mean, we're several years in now, you know, do you go down that like one week, everyone loves you the next week, everyone's comments are like, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You can walk on water. People are going to come for you. Like, do you go down the social media rabbit hole or? Yeah, it's like, the, you know, this one week you're great. The next week it's like this little roller coaster. The next totally. week everybody hates you. The next week everybody loves you. The next week everybody hates you. And you just have to understand that the next week it's going to be probably someone else. So you may be in the hot seat right now, but you're not going to be in the hot seat forever. There will be some people that will focus on that for the entirety of your being on a show like this. But those people are highly unusual and you just, you know, mute or what is the other, what is one like restrict or mute? <laughs> mute, yeah. Mute and restrict so you don't have to watch or sometimes if it gets bad enough, you just block because it's not worth having somebody harass you all the time or bully you. What about like in the beginning though? Like, did you, I mean, it's understandable. Like, did you go down that? Cause I've, listen, I speak to all the housewives. Like, you know, I've heard many different stories. Some people say, you know, like, did you take all the comments to heart? Like, did you really go down that? Like, Oh, I was in a puddle of tears for the first, almost three years of the show. The first year, not really, because I really didn't have, you know, a lot of issues. But as soon as I started fighting with Leanne, I was getting, like I said, castigated and chastised and criticized and bashed online. And it really got to me. And I just, at one point I thought I was going to have a breakdown because it's so much, but then I learned how to not worry about that stuff. And my mother said, she gave me a good compliment the other day. She said, you've gotten to where you don't care anymore. Now I care if there's a reason to care. So if somebody gives me a good criticism and you think, hmm, you know, that's probably right. I should have done that. And my husband does that a lot. But if somebody that doesn't know me at all starts in and says something really nasty or mean to me, I just kind of like, you know, blow it off and, and walk away because those people don't really, they're not in my life day to day. They're not my best friends. They're not my closest allies and my big buddies that I hang out with. And my buddies, trust me, my friend group, they will tell me, eh, you should not have done that. And I respect their opinion. And I respect opinions of people around me that 
Um, they're doing it because they want to help me and not hurt me. What about, because you and I have talked about, well, what about, because a lot of people say this online, I think this is a misconception about you. You know, there's a lot of chatter of like, Deandra's the poor little rich girl, you know, yeah. you're broke, you're broke, you're broke. Well, Mama D is giving you $100,000 when, you know, there's a lot of that. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, you're going to see some of that this week. Um, so how I deal with that is you don't know, because we really didn't talk, we don't know the history of the business for 25 years. And when my father passed away, how it was going down, 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 down. And I didn't know because I wasn't allowed to see the books. Now, the only reason my mother gave me the $100,000, which, you know, we weren't even filming at that point, was um, because I came to her with proof that she had made some bad business decisions. And therefore, that is why, not only COVID, but because of her bad business decisions, that is why I am in the position I'm in. Now, yes, she wrote me a check for $100,000. I put, um, okay, I had, you know, one, well, I put, let's just say at this point, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say exactly, but I put about 700,000 of my own money into it. So um, I literally cleaned out, you know, my savings doing it, one of my savings. And so I was really proud that I had saved all this money, but I had to put it in my business. And so it's not just my mommy writing my checks, it's me writing checks as well and putting my own money, which I had saved and worked and scraped and years and years of, you know, putting aside. So People can say what they want, but my mother didn't just do that for COVID reasons. She did that because she knew that she had made some big mistakes and I had proved to her that she made some big mistakes. Did you watch, I mean, I'm just completely turning this bus left. Did you watch Housewives before you were on it? Like not necessarily Dallas, like were you a Bravo reality TV fan? I watched, well, see, okay, so I did watch, so I was on TLC a long time ago in 2005. I don't know if you knew that. We did my first wedding. So that was like my first experience with reality TV. And then um, I never kind of, you know, got involved in it again because it was, it was, you know, it was just like one, I think it was one and a half episodes or something. And then I did watch Housewives a little bit. Um, I was more into like New York because I love, you know, I love New York so much. You do. (laughs) I was always um, fascinated with the New York Housewives. Um, I watched a little bit of Beverly Hills, but um, and then when I got into the franchise, I started watching in New Jersey and the other in Atlanta and the other girls that I had started to meet. I was interested Potomac, of course, I have some good friends there. So now Salt Lake City, I do watch because I want to see how they tell their stories and um, what's interesting about them. And if they ever need anything to talk, I'm always there for them. And they know that. So, um, you know, I, I watch because I, I want to help if I can, or if they don't need my help, they don't need my help. But I think it's always good to have a cheerleader. What TLC? What what was this show that you were on for two it's episodes? Sheer Dallas, Sheer Dallas, and it was I think eight episodes. And mine was I don't know if it was episode one or episode two. It was called the most extravagant wedding in Dallas or Texas or something. <laughs> it was crazy. Of course, Mama D was like front and center, wouldn't let me wear a veil. You know, had to control everything. It was it was something else. Oh my god! Well, I'm gonna have to go out and find this. Yeah, you have to find it. It's it's, it's really something. It's it's entertainment for sure. <laughs> Who, if you, is New York the franchise, like if you could go be on any franchise, is that what it would be? Definitely New York, because I love the city. I have, um, you know, genuine connections with New York, and um, I have a lot of friends there. Oh my gosh, you know that. So yeah, I would, I would go to New York in a heartbeat if it was the right thing, and if it was, you know, in our, in our world here, if Jeremy and I had, you know, business opportunities or something, I would definitely do that. If you were going to move to New York tomorrow, which of course, after COVID, would, nothing would make me happier, we would, be, we would be out. Jeremy would have to loan you out to me every night. 
what, who would you, what do you think with the current cast? Like, who would you be friends with? You're, you're on New York Housewives now. Dallas will get over it. You're going to film. Who are going to be your friends? Well, you know what? I was very sad to see my buddy Dorinda leave because you know that I'm friends with Dorinda and I was sad about that. I do not know Leah, but she seems very fascinating. <laughs> and I would love to get to know her. I met Luann, of course, um, whenever she had, she invited me to her show. I met her when I was in New York. Um, I don't, I've never met Ramona. I've never met Sonia. Um, you know, so I just don't, I think, hmm. I don't know. I mean, since I don't have, you know, real organic, except for with Dorinda, I don't have really organic uh, relationships. I would have to see, but people tell me I'd get along great with Ramona. In fact, I mean, which I thought she'd be the one person I wouldn't get along with, but everybody says, oh no, you get along great. You'd love her. Really? That's <laughs> what people tell you. <laughs> Not funny. That is funny. I don't even know where to go with that. Do you think, do you think if Ramona got out of line with you, you'd be able to put her in her place? Um, well, I think, Anybody that gets out of line, that's kind of like open mouth, insert foot. That's my shtick. So yeah, probably <laughs> may not do it as well as those New York ladies do it. But you know, I can, I can make a fast learner, David. Just trust me. <laughs> you are. I, I, I think you would do okay. How do you feel about, let's talk about the newcomers. Let's talk Jen Davis and Tiffany. How do you feel? How do you feel they are? I mean, I know Jen's a friend. Yeah. I'm very excited about my friend Tiffany. I think she is just out of the right out of the box doing an amazing job. I mean, I think she's one of the best casting decisions in the housewives world and years and years. And, um, I, you know, you, when you recommend someone, you never know how they're going to be on a show. I mean, you don't know anything about that because that's just, that's just kind of something that either it's an organic thing. They're either good or they're not, not good. And she, mm -hmm. I was surprised when I watched the show, I'm like, Oh my God, she's so good. You know? And um, she has what the greatest thing that she has, she checks all the boxes. And I think you would agree with me because you know so many housewives. She's got that, whatever it is. I was listening to Andy talk to some bloggers the other night on Watch What Happens Live. It's mm -hmm. that je ne sais quoi. It's that, okay, we have an organic connection to cast member. We also have that, you know, lifestyle that everybody aspires to. She's got the lifestyle. She's got, you know, beautiful home. She has the beautiful handbags and clothes and jewelry that people want to see. She has her own wine, you know, wine from a winery. She's got hotels. I mean, she has all that. Plus, she has a story that's interesting about coming to here from China as a child. She's successful in her career field. She has a good marriage. She has... Um, you know, struggles with her, her personal history and background with her family and her mother, which everybody loves mommy stories. So there you go. I mean, it's perfect in my mind. You guys know I've never been great in the kitchen, but that has all changed with HelloFresh. HelloFresh makes it so easy. You get fresh, pre-measured ingredients in amazing seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door. And you have over 25 recipes to choose from each week. There's something for everyone. They are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts. So they taste good and they're nutritional. And variety, you guys know I get bored so easily. Variety is the spice of life. You have over 25 delicious recipes to choose from every week. And what I love is it cuts out the stressful meal planning and the trips to the grocery store. So I no longer have to go to the grocery store. These meals are ready in less than 30 minutes, 30 minutes or less. So I look at, I work so hard for you guys on the Behind the Velvet Row podcast. It's just me 
When I'm done, I go to my kitchen. Everything is spelled out. There's no thought process that goes into this. It's amazing. They take all the hard work out of it for you. And the meals are delicious and they're literally ready in less than 30 minutes. Listen, I have to go make one now because I'm freaking starving. So if you go to hellofresh.com slash 12velvet and use the code 12velvet, you get 12 free meals, including free shipping. Let me just repeat that. Go to hellofresh.com slash 12velvet. And if you use code 12velvet, 12velvet, you get 12 free meals. That's that's unbelievable. And it includes free shipping. You guys, this, these meals are so great. 12 free meals. Listen, don't take my word for it. They're not just America's number one meal kit because I say so. You guys have to try this. Enjoy. Yes, I agree with all of that. And you are the one who recommended her. Yes. My mother actually came to me and said, because she was better friends with Tiffany, she said, you know who'd be really good is Tiffany. I said, oh, Tiffany would never do it. And she said, well, let's talk to her. And I thought, yeah, because Tiffany, one thing I knew about Tiffany, that even though we weren't good, good, good friends, we were friends and we had gone to dinners and had fun together. I knew that when she had a few, you know, cocktails and was turned up, she can turn everybody else up. And I thought, this is going to be real good for TV. (laughs) Totally. You know. Totally. And I mean, I, I would agree. She has that something, something. Je ne sais quoi. You just don't know. You can't put your finger on it, but when there's a good, a new housewife that's really good and you know that that's a good housewife and you don't know why, but there's just something about them that's different. And she's, she's that person right out of the box. Yes. And I think from someone like myself that does this all day, you can tell within like at least the first episode. I mean, certainly your first season, if it's like we have a home run or eh. And, you know, Jen and I have had a few interactions, not a whole lot. Um, so um, she's, you know, she, she's a nice girl. She <clears throat> has an interesting story. I don't know, you know, I, it's not my um, story to tell about, you know, whether about her friend of status and, and why. So I think that's something that you would have to ask her. But, um, you know, she's definitely... Um, Interesting. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. It's not your nice way of saying you're not such a fan. It's my nice way of saying that I didn't have a lot of, you know, she was having scenes with Cameron and other people. She wasn't, because Tiffany was my friend, I wasn't really filming with Jen unless it was a group setting. So you really need to get to know someone one-on-one, and we didn't really have that much interaction. Um, So, uh, 
you know, now we have had a couple of walks together in the neighborhood because we have a little group of girls that walk together on Wednesday mornings, which I can't walk anymore. So I'm not on that group. <laughs> but before <laughs> we were doing our walks together, we've had a couple of walks and, um, you know, she has a good heart. She's had a, a, a tough road. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think she's, well, what about, are you at all jealous? I mean, you say that, you know, she's the, what did you say? The skinnier, smarter version of you and Mama D is going to steal her away. I think, I don't know if those were your exact words. I might be misquoting you. She's the less chunky, smarter daughter. The smarter, less chunky daughter. Well, there you go. That's pretty close. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not jealous. I mean, that's the funniest thing. I really don't, um, I don't have a lot of jealousy towards people. I see the value that they bring to every situation. And so for, I mean, I, I think Tiffany's shining is absolutely fantastic. I, I, I have no problem with that. I mean, I'm glad. It makes people are very interested in RHOV this year. And I think she's a huge part of that, that reason. And I know they were going to be interested because they wanted to see what happened when Leanne left the franchise. And so now they're like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is, this is going to work. You know, that's what my reading, what I've seen online, that's what the, the commentary has been. She's, Yes, I give her like 10 out of 10. And you know, I don't just say that. I know you don't you throw out compliments gratuitously. I know that. She's, she's, she's a home run. What about, well, yeah, she, she's a home run. What about the, well, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, chatter out there, or there was when Bravo hired Crystal Kong Minkoff, like as the first Asian housewife, really, it's Tiffany. Like, how do you feel, you know, that like Dallas is, you know, one is not pitted against the other, but like, how do you feel that, you know, like now we have Carrie and we have, you know, like there's a lot of, you know, Dallas is getting it right with racial diversity. And you were part of that because you recommended it. I think it's it. awesome because, you know, we are like, we got double D, Dallas and diversity. <laughs> That's good. I mean, I think it's great. I hope we continue um, as we evolve and whatever happens in the franchise, I hope that we continue to have more um, housewives of color and diversity and because they bring like a rich kind of um, topography of what the United States is like and what our cities are like and if you don't tell everybody's story you're not really telling the story of the melting pot of the United States and that's what we are so I think it's beautiful and I'm happy to be on this show um, you know even though I'm you know not a woman of color I'm happy to have this this platform and this place right now but I'm ready for more of women that, you know, don't look like me, for instance, and that are different from me. And, you know, I think it would be great to have a South Asian, another South Asian, like a, like an Indian woman, you know, also, I think it'd be great to have an African American housewife on our franchise. Um, you know, whatever the decisions are made, I'm happy to go with any of them and, and be excited about all of them because, um, just look at, like I said, Tiffany's story has brought so much interest to our franchise. And I think anybody coming on that has, a unique background and a different story will bring more interest. I would think so too. What about how are Stephanie and Brandy holding up this season in your opinion? Well, um, I talked to Stephanie, you know, we are friends. We talk quite frequently. I have made a point of almost every day texting Brandy to see how she is because she's having a baby very soon. Yes. Um, she doesn't always text me back, but I just say, thinking of you, hope you're doing well today. And praying for, you know, praying for you, you know, upon the arrival of your baby. So I just, you know, I just kind of check in and make sure she's okay. They've done, you know, really well. I think um, people, obviously, Stephanie's very favored in the franchise. She's um, a wonderful person. Uh, she's 
people love her all over the housewives world. She's a sweet girl and um, she always finds a way to be that friend and that support system when you need um, that person there. And she also isn't afraid and you'll see this season to talk to things that she doesn't agree with. And you see her kind of now she's talking to Travis and about, you know, I want to do this. I want to do something with my life. I was a social worker. I would like to get back to that girl that was working before I met you. And, and you see that journey with her and I'm very proud of her. I think we've seen a little bit of a different Stephanie this season. Like she's kind of, you know, she's always had a voice, but she's kind of speaking up to Travis. And, and, I mean, Brandy, I think it's great what Brandy, uh, I think it's great that Brandy came back and told her story because it was needed. And um, I, I think she's probably glad it's cathartic in a way that she stepped up and did that. And um, it was good for all of us to have those conversations. And it was just so like, I mean, how ironic is it that she comes back with the story and then there's Tiffany? Um, what better person to explain why she would feel upset about that than Tiffany Noon. So it's just like kismet. God just put this together and uh, told the perfect story. And Brandy had a moment of uh, reckoning, not only before, but with Tiffany. And, and while the cameras were rolling, I think it was just amazing and, and so authentic and so real. It was, I mean, were you shocked or did you know that? Because I mean, I was shocked, like having spoken to Brandy, like I didn't realize it was that, you know, like she was in that dark a place. I didn't know that she had been through a lot. Um, I, you know, had talked to her from time to time. I didn't reach out every day. I know Carrie had called her quite often and talked to her, you know, night after night, but I didn't want to intrude. I kind of, I'm that friend who's there for you all the time, but if it's a very sensitive personal subject, I'm not going to just interject myself unless you want to talk about it. But I always tell my friends, I'm here if you want to talk, if you need advice, if you just want to, you know, just, you know, let the air out. <laughs> I'm here to talk to you, but I'm not going to intrude up on your life because that's, you know, some of these things are very personal. Totally. What about, you know, like you've mentioned Leanne a few times, Tiffany's here. Like, did you feel, I mean, you personally, I would think you and Carrie maybe, or everyone, like, did it feel lighter filming? Like, did you feel a difference? Very light. It was very light. It was very, um, like this cloud had lifted. It was refreshing. It was <clears throat> very safe. I think it really felt very safe to be able to express their opinions and, um, you know, talk about kind of the deeper things and not to, not to be afraid to speak out. I think that's something that maybe in the past, I never did that, of course, but I got, like I said, castigated for it. So, uh, but the other ladies I don't think were as apt to, you know, be so bold. And this year they're bold. They, they don't have any fear of consequences or backlash and, um, you know, I think the social media is funny and a little bit safer and shady and it's not so deep and scary. Are you shocked at like, just in general, like how much goes on on social media? Not even just with Dallas, just housewives in general. I mean, we're in like a different age now. We're like at least half the show. I mean, I could give you 8,000 examples is like lived on social media. I mean, I mean like do, do people take it too far even? I think... You know, I was trying to think about that, David, because you want people to be excited about your show. So you want to be like funny and you want to be a little shady just so they'll be like, oh, what is she talking about? I got to watch this episode, you know, but then you also, there's this fine line where you can cross over and then people get their feelings hurt and you never know when too much is, is too much. In Dallas, I think because we have a bunch of Southern women on the cast is a little more sensitive than probably some other franchises. 
and I watch some of the things that are, you know, tweeted out from the other franchises. I'm like, oh my God, we would never do that. <laughs> but it is because we are these, you know, Southern kind of Texas women that are a little bit different. But um, I do think that we possibly need to kind of step it up and be a little more kind of, you know, a little shadier on social media. I don't know. Tiffany certainly doesn't have a problem with it. But, you know, so, I mean, who knows? I'm getting ready to get into it this week. So maybe, you know, I'll, I've started kind of writing some things and thinking about, well, how do I want to say this? Because you want to be very careful. I mean, God help me. You know, I mean, I know all people know. <laughs> Just don't go on any social media after you've had a drink. That's nothing to you personally, just in general. That's not good. I know. I, I learned my lesson about that a few years ago, but you know, and I try to put my phone away. <laughs> just put the phone away. Put it does, away. does anyone, you know, like even Cam seems to be like, does anyone miss Leanne? Does just Cam miss Leanne or was that ever an issue? I don't think so as far as the show goes. Now I know they have a friendship still. Um, as far as just being on the show, I think Cam, you can see that Cameron now is friends with Stephanie, which before was very strained. Um, she has genuine friendships with all the girls. So I think a lot of girls on the show have really close, closer friendships, which I think really makes for a show that is, I mean, one thing I, I want to say about our show that I think is different, it's funny. I mean, it's, we have a, like a really comedic kind of show. And I think, I hope people notice that, especially this season, because like the stupid stuff that we do is, it's actually very humorous. And right now we need a little humor. <laughs> I mean, everybody needs a little humor. So we are free to do that. And a lot of us, Brandy's always been, you know, a barrel of monkeys. She's been so funny, you know, she's been hilarious. So yes. I love, I, I love, um, working with Brandy because she always cracks me up and then you're going to see everybody. I mean, Cam says goofy things that's, that are funny. Carrie is, you know, the shot pusher that's funny. And I just think everybody has, brings this great sense of humor, um, you know, to the table. Well, the trailer, like the trailer itself was like, oh my God, this is, you just got the sense of like, this is going to be a lighter, funner season of RHOD. Yeah, I think you are going to see that. And you're, you'll see also what you want to see. The drama will be there. Um, people love that. So you're going to have a little bit of it's everything. Just like my tagline, sugar and spice, everything nice, but a little bit of naughtiness thrown in. <laughs> well, that's good. Is Carrie, is Carrie Brahamhan, the, you know, the shop pusher, as you say, is she really the one that you would go out with like the most if you want to just go out and have a wild night? Would you say that's Carrie or is it someone else? Or is it you? No, for a wild night, it would definitely be Carrie. She's, uh, you know, loves to go out. I mean, we're not really doing that right now, but, you know, whenever we can go back out again. Totally. Carrie's the person that's a lot of fun. She loves to hold court at different places in Dallas. And um, I, you know, have a small friend group besides my girls on the show. And so I kind of just go out with the same people. I've had my same friends my whole life. I'm kind of boring in that way, I guess. <laughs> My same friend since I was 12. <laughs> you know? That's good, though. That means you're like a real person. You don't just go through friends. <laughs> so we've had the same. I have two, my two best girlfriends that are always have been staples in my life forever. So what about who is like, you know, if you like the most reliable, like if you needed something, who would you call out of the cast? The most reliable, probably, well, Tiffany and I have a very good relationship, even though she has a very busy schedule, she is like, jump to it, you know, immediately we'll take care of the situation. Um, she's the first one to send flowers, the first one to reach out. I mean, she organized Cameron's week, uh, birthday was this week. She organized the flowers and the Hermes scarves, like before I could even get out of bed that morning, you know? <laughs> like, right. Wow. <laughs> 
so probably her. What about like, I mean, you know, look what's going on in the world. Like you said, like, you know, none of us are going out now. Like how nice is it to have a doctor on the cast? I thought it was great. I mean, maybe some people didn't agree with me, but I thought it was wonderful. I mean, certainly with all of my ailments, as Carrie says, I need a doctor to go around with me everywhere in my life, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, it's just at the beginning, I mean, you know, listen, COVID's still really scary, but I mean, in the beginning, it was like, you just, you know, knowledge is power. Like the more we find out, we're still scared. But in the beginning, that must have been so nice just to have someone that was able to answer certain questions when we know when we knew like so little. Well, I was asking, you know, Tiffany, when she was going to work, I'm like, okay, so what is it really like at the hospital? How many cases do you have? What are you, are you having to switch your, you know, she's an anesthesiologist. Are you having to switch and, and take care of COVID patients? And what is that like? And do you feel scared? And tell me, I really wanted to know, are the numbers increasing? What is, you know, Texas compared to every other place in, in the nation? And she was able to give me that information. And then of course, um, I knew a lot about COVID by the time I had it. And cause I, <laughs> I always, you know me, I'm like curious, George, I ask questions all the time. I never yeah. saw remember that book, curious George, who always asks questions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. me. that's me. I'm like, and why is the sky blue daddy? And why, well, why is why, 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 why? <laughs> My husband gets so frustrated with me. <laughs> You're like, so at least you are, I mean, were you scared when you got COVID? I mean, like, I know it's scared, but it was like, you were sick. Because I, I really wasn't scared, scared. I was like, okay, I have it, but I'm okay. Because I never got really sick. Was you, you were you, you got sick. Like, were you just must have been really scared or you were just rational about it? Terrified. Very scared. Only because I don't usually run temperatures with any of my illnesses. <clears throat> so when I start running a temperature, then I know that there's something wrong because it's just not normal for me. I mean, I literally run like 97 something, you know? So anytime I go below, above 98, then there's cause for alarm. You know, sometimes I'm at 96 even. I'm barely, barely walking around with my temperature. So <laughs> to go to 104, then you're like, mm, it's really not, you need to do something. And that's when I called the doctor and then the breathing, I was like, <gasps> that kind of breathing. Cause I have asthma, um, I've grown up with asthma. I don't have it as bad as I did as a child, but. Uh, when you grow up not being able to breathe and you go into a respiratory attack, and especially an illness that is really focused on respiratory issues, then you're terrified. Was there anyone, because listen, I've taken stock this whole time for the past year of who, who I speak to, who's reached out to me. You know, no one really knew I had COVID, so that's a different story. But were you shocked? I mean, you said you got lots of love from like Mark and Josephs and Mary Marks and Bronwyn. Were you shocked at certain people in the Bravo world that you expected to hear from that you didn't? Um, no, I will tell you because of my journey, I don't expect anything from anybody anymore. I just am happy when I am pleasantly surprised. So for me, I just was thrilled that there were people that cared, but no, I wasn't mad that, you know, somebody didn't reach out. Everyone on my cast reached out to me. So that's, you know, great. And I would certainly expect that because if they were having an issue, I would definitely reach out to them, you know? Um, but I don't expect any of the other ladies from the other franchises to, to reach out to me. And the ones that did obviously were just, you know, kind hearted people that were really, you know, caring and concerned people. But I do have a relationship, like I said, with Margaret and, Meredith, I don't know, but I was very um, pleasantly surprised and thrilled that she, you know, wanted to reach out and, and say that she was thinking about me. We love Meredith um, for lots of reasons. Um, what do you feel like you've changed as a result? It doesn't have to be I negative. Know, I will tell you too. So yeah. 
Candace Dillard and Monique Samuels both reached out to me too. I just, uh, you know, I have a little COVID brain sometimes. They both reached out. I thought it was very nice of them. They texted me and said, hey, we're thinking about you. Just want you to know we're praying for you. So I thought that was very nice that they both reached out to me as well. We love them. We've had Candace on our platform here. Um, do you like when you watch these other shows, I mean, it doesn't sound like you watch like so closely because you're busy, but do you like knowing how it all works? Like, do you get really invested? You know, like people, I had Candace on this platform. I mean, I was getting like the nastiest DMs of my life. I mean, I can handle it, but like, you know, team Monique. So everyone wanted me taken out back. Like, do you get that invested? Just, you know, like you're on the show, you know how it is. There's, there, there, everyone's a human being. Like in watching the other franchises. No, because I also know that there are struggles in other things that, you know, they can't have, they can't show everything because there's just not enough time. Otherwise it'd be a 24 hour show, you know? Right. So when I talk to the other housewives and they say, oh, well, you know, this is what's happening to me. This is how, you know, we talk about those things and um, I, I don't judge them because trust me, I, this is like a, you know, a pressure cooker being in front of a camera and telling what's happening in your life and your story and then having to interact with these other girls and the drama. It's very difficult um, to be on a show like this. And, and I signed up for it. So I, I knew, um, but I, when I look at talking to other housewives, um, you know, let's just take a Candace or a Monique. I don't judge them in any, any way, shape or form about what happened because I wasn't there. I don't know what caused them to have an issue. I can just say, hey, girl, I can pray with you. I'm your friend. I'm thinking about you. Do you want to talk about it? That's all. And I don't, I don't judge. I don't judge right. the decision anybody makes. I mean, look at Bronwyn's gone through a lot this year. I'm not judging her. I had just sent her a note and I said, I'm thinking about you. Can I do anything for you? Do you want to talk? You know, we've talked a couple of times and texted or whatever. And that's all. I just want to be supportive of everybody and their decisions and what they're doing. And because I know how hard it is to do this and you want to make sure that you're supportive of everyone. I mean, so that's just what I try to do. I, I try not to judge because I'm not walking in their shoes. Right. And you know, like you said, nobody knows. Right. Is it hard for you when you see things like, right, like Bronwyn's going through a lot, you know? I feel for my friend, especially if somebody right. you know really closely, um, you know, you feel for your friend and, then also there's times when we share on these shows and then we think, oh God, and I'm an oversharer. My husband is, you know, very much telling me that all the time. You share way too much about your life. And I think that's why, you know, I, at some point, that's why I am a housewife because I'm an oversharer. Um, and the other side, I see his point, you know, because I get bashed, bashed about things that I do share. And so Bronwyn's an oversharer. So she's, you know, chosen to tell her story. And then she's going to get a lot of backlash for that. She's going to get a lot of support. I just told her I'm supporting you, whatever decision you make, whatever you want me to do to help you. However, I can support you. I'm your friend. I don't care what your decision is. I'm always going to be your friend. I'm not judging any of your decisions or your choices in life. That's not why I'm here. I'm here because you've always been a kind person to me and a friend to me. And I'm going to be a friend to you. That's I it. couldn't agree with you more. I'm the same way. I mean, especially when you know people in real life, you're like, yeah. okay. What about how have you changed as a result of being on the show? Either good or bad. We don't have to be all negative. I'm not looking for salacious. I mean, we like happy stories here. 
mine's always mine's always good. I mean, I think I've become a better version of myself because I've seen the mistakes. Just like I told you in the beginning, if I could go back two years ago and maybe have a different reaction, not be so reactionary sometimes. This year, I learned some very big lessons, and you'll see those coming down the pike. I mean, look at the relationship with my mother. I have made all of my mistakes on camera. <laughs> it's been yes. hard. But then I have a, a chance to say I'm sorry when I'm wrong or um, defend why I believe that I'm right and I shouldn't have to say I'm sorry. And I mean, but there's always times where you should probably, you know, move with compassion and grace going forward. But I have learned to, you know, look at myself and just say I'm human. I made mistakes. This is this is me and there's good and bad parts. And I just think it's been a positive experience. I've always said in every interview I've ever had, I'm very grateful that I'm on this journey. I'm grateful to Bravo. I'm grateful to the casting people that chose me for this journey. Um, I would not, if I could go back, I would still make the same decision, even if I knew that the journey was going to be the same. I like that. I like that. What about, do you think anyone has changed for the worse of your current castmates? Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't, you know, I think that, and obviously I, like I said, I fight with Carrie a lot this year. I think she um, was going through a lot personally, but she didn't disclose that to me and I didn't know. Um, and maybe she emotes differently than the, uh, the rest of us. And so that's why she was so angry with me most of the time we were filming. Um, so I think that instead of, you know, I don't know. For me, Carrie wasn't softer towards me. She was more um, combative towards me. And I just didn't think that was so necessary. But, and I don't, I think maybe it was just because she didn't like being cooped up. She was in COVID. She was having issues with, you know, being in the house. Not, she likes to go out. She wasn't able to do that. Carrie is a very social person. I'm an only child that is fine being by myself and reading my books and playing with my dogs and being with my husband. That's it. You know, I can do anything, I get it. any and all of it. So. I've learned through COVID that I've, I'm not as social as I thought. I'm thrilled to be alone myself. But I mean, in the beginning, I was like, Carrie, what about... Let me ask, let me say another thing about that. Yes. There's certain of us that are happy being with ourselves. And you've got to get to a place in your life that you can be happy being with yourself. And until you're happy being with yourself and loving yourself, which I learned a lot this year, you're not going to be happy with other people. And you're going to deflect and say that it's their problem and mirror off what you're really you know feeling inside that it's their problem they're the bad person they're the selfish person it's because of them that you're acting this way when it's really probably has a lot to do with you i would agree with that too you know it's like yes you know not to be cliche but hurt people hurt people yeah exactly and yeah you need to be i mean i think that's the problem with COVID. is like it really forced everybody, whether you're happy or not, to really sit with yourself. Whether you had a Jeremy at home or a dog, or you were in the heart of Chelsea, New York by yourself, like you had to sit in your feelings. I mean, unless you woke up and just did drugs and alcohol all day, which I chose not to do, you had to sit with your feelings. And then like, you just had to get, and that's the thing I think why COVID has been hard for a lot of people. It's like you had to kind of get to know yourself and deal with the demons. Some people do better and some people did better than others. And so you're going to see that. And I, I think overall, you know, I made some big mistakes, but I think I did well growing this year during the whole quarantine COVID situation. That's good. Who do you think has, well, I mean, you know, this is kind of the same question, but who do you think has kind of let the fame go to their head? You're all in the public eye. 
who loves that theme the most? You know, um, God, that's a hard one. I mean, I, I don't really think we're at this point a group of fame whores. <laughs> so I mean, I, I think we've had like we have a, a nice balance on our cast of people who enjoy being in the spotlight but maybe don't take themselves too seriously. So I'm just going to say that um, as, you know, previous years, we had some people that really enjoyed the fame and they let it get to them and think they were bigger than life. And we don't really have that anymore. I mean, I just, you have big personalities, but I just don't think people, we don't take ourselves that seriously. I mean, I know I don't, but you know, I don't think that's a problem. That's why we like RHD. And I've been there. I'm so jealous you guys go to South Fork. Did you yes. watch- did you watch Dallas growing up? I mean, it literally was the best show that's ever existed. I'm dating myself now, but oh you and I God. are. Yes, of course I watched it every Friday night. I believe uh -huh. it was on at 8 Central. No, it was 9. Well, nine, yeah, maybe, nine. yeah, maybe 8 Central. It was 9 o'clock here. It was 8 or nine, whatever. But my dad's, so we would have dinner and we would sit and he would sit in his recliner and we would all watch Dallas. That was the evening uh, entertainment in the 80s. <laughs> so I grew up watching every Friday night. So yes, that was the show. And then... Um, my husband shot the re, um, the reboot, you know, the TNT version. Really? The set photographer for that. So um, he was very excited to work on that. So I think Dallas is a show that defined our city for good and bad. And it put us on the map. Everybody in the world knows where Dallas is because of that show. Um, and Larry Hagman was such a huge, huge personality in real life and on that show. Um, you know, and um, I, I just think all the people on that show just were amazing. I mean, it certainly you know, that was their career, of course, because that defined their career. That was the show that really defined their yeah. career. Yeah. So. The reboot of Dallas was phenomenal. So I'm there so you go. I'm that it went away. I can't. Hmm. It was phenomenal. I'm I'm not happy either that it went away. I mean, I would still watch it. If it came back again, I would still watch it. <laughs> Me too. Do you have guilty pleasures? Like, do you, it doesn't have to be reality. Like, do you watch TV or you're just oh, so yeah. busy? I, I my problem at night going to bed because I get in bed and I watch Netflix and I watch but I watch cooking shows so I watch an episode of Chef's Table but I only try I keep it to one every night and so until I get through it which I'm almost through it I watch one every night and then I make a list of the you know they do like a lot of the 50 best restaurants the Pellegrino San Pellegrino yeah I'm like okay Jeremy as soon as we can travel again we're going here <laughs> so I do that I watch anything cooking related um anything chefy uh, my husband watches a lot of other shows, but that's really my guilty pleasure. That's good. So no, like reality, like you're not into like the Selling Sunset or like Shaws of Sunset or any so of these I other watched, Vanderpump like, rules. So I have watched um, Below Deck, you know, because I met Captain Sandy a while back, and um, I think I met her at Watch What Happens Live one time. I don't think we were on, but she was like filming or something. She was nice to me. I met her, and then I've also watched um, Shaw's um, in the past, and I've talked to uh, MJ a couple times, you know, throughout, you know, on direct messages and things like that. So um, I, I have watched, and also it just, I do always have Bravo on, usually somewhere in my home, because I want to see what is playing, and um, so I'm, I mean, Bravo is probably what's on most of the time besides the news in our house. And then we, we switched from different news stations back and forth and I watched the stock market and stuff like that. Just keep Bravo on. That's my advice. Two final questions as we wrap up. First of all, when we get out of COVID, whenever this ends, you're walking around, even in New York, it's very small. 
what happens like, you know, if you listen, I'm sure I'm not the only person that asked you this. Like if you did run into either Leanne or, you know, Carrie Duber, you're not such a, such so close to her. You know that, you know, I would probably just keep going. I don't think there's anything to be said, honestly. We have um, said all that needs to be said. And whenever we do say anything to each other about each other, it's usually not very uplifting. So I think we just need to kind of move on and, and, you know, keep our other friendships. But I always, this year, I've always said, it's never, you're never going to um, negate the, both of the achievements and the, um, all the, the years that they put into the show, what they brought to the show for so many years, you know, um, and also that they helped put the show on the map. And, you know, so that's very, I mean, obviously that's something that you're not going to negate what their accomplishments were and how they helped form and create this franchise. So, yeah, I'm never going to say anything about that. That's not true. Cause that's definitely true. You know, so I'm, I'm thank, thankful that they were here. So you'll just walk, walk by and keep to yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's happened in real life. So I've just kind of walked by and kept to myself. And then that way there's nothing, there's no kind of awkward moments. Well, it's awkward walking by, but <laughs> after that, you're fine. Keep walking fast. <laughs> Well, what about, you know, people have changed. People have had a lot of coming to Jesus moments with themselves and life and what really matters because of COVID. Like, do you think, not necessarily on your part, but just in general, there's any chance of you and Leanne ever being friends again? Um, well, I haven't seen the come to Jesus moments on social media. So I'm thinking uh, that's a big uh, no in my book. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what about, as we wrap up, what's next for you? What are your plans for the rest of quarantine. I can't wait. Can you give us anything? You know, I know how this works. I don't need any spoilers. I want to stay in the good graces of Bravo forever and ever. Yes, you do, David. <laughs> we, listen, we all love Bravo, but any, you know, like what can we expect the rest of the season and what's, what are you going to be doing for the rest of the quarantine? And then we can wrap up. So you'll, you will see, obviously, I told you I have a lot of uh, tense moments with the rest of the ladies. You're going to see that. Um, up until this point, you haven't really seen that. You're going to see also how I carry on with my spiritual journey and contacting my family. And then you're going to see a very tense moment. Of course, we cannot get through a season without a fight with Mama D. So, and this one is a real big one. So wow. that was my big uh, mistake this year. <laughs> okay. I did it. You know, here I am. I do it. So everybody, you know, will be wanting to see that episode. And I'm just going to be cringing when that comes. So. Well, you know what it is. I mean, Mama D is such a fan favorite. I think everyone's just going to be happy to see Mama D on our TVs. Yes, you will. So this is going to be, um, this is a very big growing moment for me. So I'm excited at one, okay, I'm excited on one hand, but then I'm going to get a lot of, you know, criticism on the other hand. And I know it's what's coming down the pike. So that's about this process of sharing and learning about yourself and becoming a better person, a better version of yourself. At least you're prepared for it. Where can everyone find you? Listen, I wasn't so shady, right? We, you know, we addressed everything. We chatted, we caught up. I mean, well, I, we can have a little kiki in New York <laughs> and be shady. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you need to come back to New York, Deandra. I'm like, I'm having. Back and we have to go to dinner and we have some cocktails and have some fun like we did with Amy and all of our friends. So, I mean. It's sad. Amy has a house in the Hamptons now. So I know. She's making a room for me. I'm very excited. <laughs> That's all we need. So where can we find you on social media so everyone who doesn't follow you can follow you? 
Yes, at Deandra Simmons, D-A-N-D-R-A-S-I-M-M-O-N-S on Twitter, uh, Deandra Simmons on Facebook, which is D-apostrophe, capital A-N-D-R-A-S-I-M-M-O-N-S. My companies are Hard Night, Good Morning, yes, I said that, and Ultimate Living, and then I Don't Give a Rip podcast, which you know about, also you've been on. David has been a guest on my podcast, Spilling All the Reality, and also on Twitter, Deandra Simmons. I have been a guest and uh, you also sent me those amazing uh, Hard Night Good Morning products and they really are phenomenal. I mean, I'm still looking old because of COVID and all and just being trapped in, but your products are really amazing. Well, your friend Whitney asked me to do something um, for her and I, I was ill and I forgot. She wanted me to do like a little something for her. She's real sweet too. She's sweet. Listen, you feel free to say no if any of my friends are asking you for any favors. <laughs> You're busy. Okay, thank you, Deandra. This is amazing. Keep in touch. Love you dearly, and everyone needs to watch Dallas. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.